This is a Locker Room production. Okay, we are here in Locker Room and an exciting game so far between the Tampa Bay Rays and the Philadelphia Phillies. I think we are just waiting on uh, my co-host Ulysses to join us in a moment, but much more exciting game than what happened uh, Thursday where it was kind of over pretty quickly. Uh, with that, here we go. We have uh, Ulysses on. Hey, Ulysses, how's it, how's it going? Hey, man. Well, better now uh, after the last, what, six minutes? That was a yeah. – uh, it's been pretty great in that bottom of the eighth. Look, it's been a great back and forth. I think this has been a really exciting game. Yeah, low scoring, but a lot of, like, action and intenseful moments for sure. Definitely. And I just love the fact that the eighth inning got uh, got going the way that it did with hustle – uh, with wherewithal on the base paths by Randy, taking from going from first to third on that wild pitch. And last but not least, Brendan Lau, again, strikeout, which uh, has been the theme of the 2021 season. But then somebody else picks him up by, uh, by, by just making contact. Look, you don't have to have a hard hit percentage of 100% all the time. Austin Meadows just literally gets it right back to Alvarado, and that gets the job done. Contact, people. I'd love to see that. Absolutely. And I think a couple of things with that. First off is, was that maybe the worst call by uh, an umpire so far? Oh, this play at first. Like, you even know, you didn't even have to see the play. You didn't know <laughs> how long that and, and slow developing that play was that Rosarena was going to be safe at first. So I don't know if the umpire had his eyes closed for five seconds or what happened with that because that was – unbelievable that that shouldn't have even deserved a replay that he was so safe and you know what that probably got the rays a little bit amped up and energized and aggressive to the point of okay we're let, let's really stomp on the phillies throat after that call there and exactly and and i love the fact that uh randy kind of s- stared at the uh at the ump like you yeah. gotta be kidding me dude like what are you doing like Come on, everybody knows I'm safe. And and, and you know what? I, I, we've talked about this, you know, very lightly on the show, but I, I feel like we need we've seen so many bad calls um in, in 2021. I just I know the the union for the ump for the umps is very strong and you don't want to, you know, you, you can't uh do much against that, but you got to have a system where these guys get a little bit punished by, by the horrible calls that they do. Like if, 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 if you are the worst ump at a strike percentage, for example, behind the plate or your calls get uh, amended by the replay system, by the, by a larger or a larger percent than, than other umps, then you should, you know, probably not have as many games or not get playoff appearances something has to give yeah you know what's so funny is that this comes as joe west was like recognized for umpiring the most games uh mm-hmm. did he record for most games in mlb history is that correct like 5600 or 700 and something like that yeah yeah 5000 and, and and change yeah incredible again i think he's been doing it since the 70s right so yeah long time coming but uh you know maybe now it's the time to put the the cleats and the pads uh, in the closet and say, you know, you've had a good career and let other younger umps with better vision uh, take over. <laughs> well, what's so funny is that like a guy like that, I think we know how notorious that Joe West is about making the game about himself and making the moment about himself at times. And it just goes to show you like, 
you can be mediocre or bad at your job, like, but because you have that union and you have tenure that you're going to keep getting opportunities. Mm-hmm. It's kind of unfortunate because we've seen polls over the years where like consistently uh, managers, coaches and ball players say that, yeah, Joe West is one is consistently one of the worst at his job. And yet he's getting, you know, he gets the gold plate and, and all the, the, you know, the hoopla of, you know, it's great that he's, you know, been in the game for such a long time and it's a storyline, but I feel like at some point it's like, man, we just, I, I feel like we shouldn't just constantly be talking about these guys. We should be talking about the players on the field at the end of the day. A hundred percent. And you know what? I think it happens uh, a little bit more in, in, in baseball than in other sports. You know, I, I think obviously NBA has, um, that issue to uh, isn't Jerry West the the guy that everybody talks to about in the NBA? Uh, the NFL, I don't, I, you know, I don't really uh, follow the NFL yeah. so much, but I'm, I'm sure that there's a couple of guys too that everybody knows their names when they right. when they're. Ed, Ed Hockey is the guy in the NFL. He's more known for, and I think he actually has like a decent reputation, but um, he he's known for like being a lawyer who has these huge biceps and like. <laughs> big personality and then in college sports i think there's a guy named ron sherry who is notoriously like the fact that we know these guys names, right well that's the point you yeah. you shouldn't know the um the umpires names the refs names like that's why do we know their names they're not the thing they're not the the, the you don't go into the trop or in any other baseball stadium and go like oh man thank god you know jerry west is behind the plate or not jerry west uh joe west or oh angel hernandez is behind the plate like why do we know these guys names it's not because they're good yeah uh the other thing too um again kind of shifting gears back to the game is maybe we see now why uh the rays did in fact trade Jose Alvarado to the Phillies. Uh, control, control, control. You can have great stuff. You can have a 99 fastball with tailing action, but if you can't throw it for strikes and you hit batters and uh, things unravel really quickly, I mean, it's it's kind of it, – has this not been a game where we're saying, man, can we just get to the Phillies' bullpen already? Like, if we can get to that point, then the Rays might have a fighting chance uh, because Zach Wheeler, yes, he did give up the two-run home run to Austin Meadows, but outside of that, he's been – uh, pitching like an ace, which he's done really since the beginning of 2020. I mean, he is at ace level right now with what he's been bringing to the table. Certainly, I mean, and he's hitting those spots so well in the corners that it actually makes the the umpire crew kind of give him, you know, maybe a couple inches in, a couple inches down. So, like, you know, when you've got that reputation of a strike thrower, which he certainly does, then you actually will get a little bit more help from the from the umps. But yeah, going to Alvarado. It's a shame because he probably has one of the nastier stuff in all of baseball. But right. honestly, at the end of the day, it, command is what you want. And, and, and you know, with, with Alvarado, just because we know him so well, uh, I, I don't understand why Ger- Girardi would, would pick a high-leverage situation uh, to, to put him on against the team that basically, you know, grew him. Uh, or groomed him Uh, and and second of all with his command issues of being so prevalent I think Jose Alvarado should be the kind of guy that you now look it would be best case scenario to put him in the ninth and have him be the Chapman type of guy shut down but he's not that guy unfortunately so you have to work backwards with him I would uh, if I were Girardi now with 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 uh, Alvarado 
put him in the six when when you don't have anybody on. Maybe you're you're down by three, you're up by three. Low leverage situations with Alvarado to get that confidence, you know, back up because we've seen that a lot of the time when he is put into these situations where he has to be the guy to succeed to to kind of put the team on his back, it, sometimes it crumbles. Yeah, it's one of those things, too, where, and again, with the Phillies, I don't really know how many options they have with that bullpen. And it's funny because Alvarado, he started out this season, I think, his first handful of appearances. He was doing very well, and then things yeah. just sort of started to unravel on him a little bit. It's so funny because we're seeing a lot of uh, former Rays faces. It's it's like a, a homecoming of sorts. Matt <laughs> Joyce, your boy, is back in the fold. Uh, Brad Miller, your other boy, is back in the fold <laughs> as well. Look, I, I, I was not expecting... Uh, Matt Joyce to uh, hit a home run against a lefty of all things, but I guess who knows? Maybe he's sleeping in his own bed in Davis Islands, and uh, he's he's played a handful of games, uh, uh, you know, a few more than a handful at the Trop in his career. So maybe it was a nice little uh, homecoming for him. I, I, I just wish it wasn't against the Rays, and, and it was tying the game at that standpoint. But uh, you know, I, full disclosure: Matt Joyce is a former guest on the Locked On Rays podcast, so I wasn't. I honestly wasn't as mad about it as if it was like JT. Riamuto or something like that oh 100 percent, 100 percent. uh you know matt uh ha- has been uh, a good friend to us to the program and and to me personally uh and my family so uh, i always want to see him succeed uh it sucks that it was a, a game time home run but you know now that the race have taken the lead uh i'm not so salty about it but yeah that sweet swing of his it's nice to see that at the trap again but um i i am kind of uh, worried about the usage of Springs lately. I mean, this is the second time in less than a week that he's gone out there for two innings. Uh, right. I, I feel like the bullpen has been pretty rested after Glass now and Rich Hill and basically everybody has given a lot of length in the starting role and the bullpen has been kind of quiet. What's going on? Why, why are you giving unnecessary length to Springs and, and for him to get nicked around like that now I, I i don't like springs as a two-inning guy i really don't yeah and now the team is what bringing in fire Ryzen again uh, to close or try to close this game out is that what i'm seeing here i'm a little bit on a delay here indeed with, uh, yeah so look I, so i don't would, would you have tried to send diego castillo out for a second inning because you do know rest of the bullpen or do you just rework that and put somebody else out besides fire Ryzen, or are you comfortable with him in this role today i i you know i i i just don't understand uh i i actually i have to go back i do understand the psychology of using fire eyes in in, in in at the in the ninth inning and sprints in the ninth inning against the yankees you want to get these guys ready now so that in the in in the playoffs or in, in the september games when it's you know do or die uh, that they have felt that pressure mm-hmm. before so i understand what they're trying to do uh, the, the issue is, is, you know, maybe going back to back on a guy that just blew a safe, uh, it's, it's not the, it's, it's not my cup of tea, but you know, maybe a two run lead is a little bit better, um, with this lineup that they feel comfortable. And again, Hey, he shaved his goatee. So maybe he's feeling good about that. There we go. Yeah. And it is the bottom of the order. So they have Herrera, uh, Joyce. I wouldn't expect him to hit another home run. And then, right. And you turn around to the top of the order, which hasn't really done all that much in this game. So, look, if it was a – I would be curious, though. Again, we can look back hindsight 2020. If it's a run one-run game, I'd be 
kind of freaking out a little bit if they brought Fire Eyes yes. in. But runs, you feel like that's enough of a cushion there to get the job done, and you hope he's able to do that. Uh, it's so funny because Fire Eyes, and I, I don't know if he, he should look. I, I get the look from this guy. It, there's actually a funny story of him. Uh, he was driving Uber when he was uh, in spring training, and I think playing with the Tampa Yankees uh, back in the day. Uh, but he does he not give off the vibe of like a guy that you just he'd be fun to have a beer with like he he could hang a little bit and and be chill down to earth and uh, I, I think he is from like the, the Wisconsin area so maybe that makes honestly sense. Uh, the fact that you anybody who's driven uh, Uber for a while would be nice to have a couple of beers because yeah. you probably have a couple of good stories you know to tell right. in your back pocket of oh you know one time I went to Ebor and uh, let me tell you how that went. Uh, I'm sure JP has a couple of those, so so that's fun. And it's it, it's great to have those guys in, in the team, you know, prevalent. I mean, I think we've talked about this in, on trivia, but like a lot of the guys in the Rays roster have been lower picks mm-hmm. in the draft. I mean, they weren't always, you know. There's a lot of Mike Brassos and Josh Flemings of in, in the world. Uh, I I don't have the the round that JP Fireisen has, but. You know, when you're driving Uber, that means that you probably didn't have a large signing bonus, you know, because you probably wouldn't be driving Uber if you had a large signing bonus. Right. Absolutely. And it looks like, again, I'm on a little bit of a delay, but the Rays did get the first out there. So that is a good sign with that. Um, Ulysses, what do you make of Ryan Yarbrough's start and appearance uh, this afternoon? I loved the fact that he was missing a lot of bats. I, I believe he, he got eight Ks, which is unusual for a guy like him to get that many, especially in four and a third. But always that elephant in the room is that he's a starter and he usually does not uh, perform well as a starter rather than as a bulk guy. But uh, he just could not get the win once again since 2019, since that famous day where he was eight and two thirds and Cash took him out for a complete game shutout in Seattle. Uh, he hasn't gotten a W as a, as a starter. And it's it's a monkey on, on his back that is growing uh, bigger by the by the day. And it's unfortunate because now like even casual fans of the Rays know that this is happening. Uh, you know that Ryan Yarbrough is is definitely not getting the results that he wants as a starter. I do think that this was a better outing for him right. as a starter. I mean, I'll take four and a third with eight Ks and what two runs allowed. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. I, I think yeah. I think everybody would be really happy with that bulk performance, right? No, I don't think anybody would, would scoff at that if it, if, it, if it had been a bulk one, but. Being a starter, I think he gets a little bit more of the spotlight. But were you happy with uh, his performance today? Yeah, again, I, I don't know, especially after the first couple innings, we don't see him generate that many strikeouts. And I like the way that, you know, with two strikes, he forced the Phillies to expand the zone with the changeup or one of his other offerings. That was good to see. But it does seem like, you know, even after the second time through the order that, you know, an opposing team sort of catches on a little bit. And you're also wondering, you know, when's that time when there's a runner on base and he leaves a hanger and uh, a, mm-hmm. an opposing batter deposits it. So I'm still, look, the line is the line. I, I don't really think you can totally complain about that. I mean, if you're, you know, with what he offered there, but I do, I wonder if he's really ever going to get the chance to go six, six and a third, seven. And, and, it makes me wonder too if 
uh, again, with you have all these other arms on the come up, McClanahan, Patino, Honeywell, maybe Brennan McKay at some point, Chris Archer's got to be coming back. Like, is there going to be an opportunity or a point where Yarbrough is pushed out or they are trying to find a trade partner for him, especially as he's going to be entering his second year of arbitration? We understand this team didn't want to pay him with the first year of arbitration. And I would imagine his arbitration figure, you know, whatever he does, if he stays healthy a full season, he would be owed, what, four and a half, five million, something like that. I mean, right. he did this year and the Rays didn't even want to pay him that that number that he got this year. So it makes me wonder if they're going to try to move off of him at some point, um, especially since he hasn't you know, won a game as a starter in so long. And there's that that stigma tied up with him. And, and that's why I joked on you know, semi-jokingly on, you know, I think over the last week or two about, you know, trying to find a, a, a trade package of Kiermaier and Yarbrough or, or something along those lines. But I just wonder if it's going to happen at some point. I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think the the, the front office is probably, uh, you know, dialing up uh, a lot of other teams and, and asking about Yarbrough, and I, as other teams are probably asking the Rays about Yarbrough as well, you know, because they're like, you know what, we could use a guy like that. Th- those numbers as a starter, we should, re- we could really use that. Uh, you, you think of, of teams with poor pitching, obviously, you know, the the Rangers come to mind first, but, you know, I think a lot of teams would appreciate a guy like, like Ryan Yarbrough on their staff that has been there, done that. And again, for the race, four or five million dollars would be a lot, or maybe you know they think about five million dollars um, longer than maybe twenty-seven other teams on the league. So there's that. Um, great to see the W just ended the yes. game. So that's that's nice to see JP Fireisen with uh, shutting the door. But I, I want to say something about Yarbrough because you you talk about him going deep six seven innings. Uh, I I honestly think that. That is not such a far-fetched thing to see Yarbrough go six innings, but it just depends on how well he's pitching uh, two times through the order. Because you know, I think it would ha- he would have to be near perfect for him. I think they they would rather the two times through the order for Yarbrough. I think has a heavier heavier weight uh, than than any other starter right now. Uh, e- e- even Shane McClanahan. I think they would give Shane McClanahan a little bit more of a leash because of the pure stuff that even if it's poorly located, hitting 99 or a 93-mile-an-hour slider is a little bit more difficult than an 88-mile-an-hour cutter. Uh, and so I think the the two times through the order is what's keeping Yarbrough. I think they've done that. They've closed the book on that, uh, on Yarbrough. Like, no, he, this is it for him. Yeah, and it's unfortunate. But again, there's going to be, I think, to your point that Look, teams are going to need pitching, uh, especially as we get deeper into the summer and so forth. And there might be a good enough offer to where the Rays can uh, feel it out and see if something works for him. And good for Fire Eisen to close the game out and uh, get the save there. Uh, and nice offerings, too, with the, the high fastball that the changeup was really sharp and working in the slider. I mean, Fire Eisen could also be, you know, a quasi bulk guy at some point because he does have three different pitches so it's good to see him come back and get the save with that i I don't know what the uh, number is on how many different raised pitchers have saves thus far it's got to be what at least a a handful half dozen right that is actually a really good question i that i don't but i'm 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 actually looking it up right now because i want to know um let me see here one 
two, three, four, five, six. You want to guess the six that have a, a, a one save or more? One save or more. Uh, Castillo, Fairbanks, Springs, Thompson, Fire Eisen, and uh, Kittredge. Very good. You only missed one. Instead of Thompson is uh, your boy, the Silver Fox, Trevor Richards. Trevor Richards has a save. No way. You're lying. (laughs) Indeed he does. Isn't that crazy? What is it? Okay, I I can never remember what it is. Is it it a three-run lead or a four-run lead max to get a save? You can get a a save two ways. One is the three runs or less. Okay. uh, and, and, And you close out the game. Or you pitch three innings or more. And the tying run was on deck at a certain point. Okay, understood. Um, from this game, now the Rays have, I'm starting to lose count now, but I think that's 14 out of 15. Pretty darn yeah. good for the Tampa Bay Rays. Who would you consider the player of the game for the Rays today? Ooh, that's a good one. That's a really good one because uh, I feel like Yarrow put you in a good situation to win, except for that shaky fifth that he had. But again, it was soft contact. So you can't, you kind of can't get too angry at Yarbrough for, you know, getting blooped out of there. Um, But I think you got, you got to give it to Austin Meadows though, because, you know, making contact, I mean, Brandon Lau had an opportunity, opportunity there to, to make something happen with a man on third with no out and you strike out. That's not, that's not, that's not going to make it. By the, by the way, Ulysses, Brandon Lau had four strikeouts. Oh, for four, four strikeouts. And and, and I, I, I look, we've been talking about other guys a little bit more. We were talking about Willie Adams maybe more than Brendan Lau, but now Brendan Lau is literally the worst guy on the team right now, uh, at least offensively. You know, offensively speaking. And I understand the long term uh, deal, and I understand the the power that he could could can generate and ha- has generated in 2021. It's not like he's not hitting any bombs. But I think the leash has to kind of wear down somewhere. I don't need to see Brandon Lau facing a lefty anymore. No. That's I think the time has ended with that, and and, and it kind of um, bothers me when I still see him there. Uh, you know, in, in the lineup. Hopefully, Cash starts to you know deviate from that. But no, uh, going back to it, player of the game, you got to give it to to Austin Meadows uh, because look. <laughs> It's either the bombs, which he did again in in, in the first inning, and then at the, at the in the bottom of the eighth against Alvarado, you make something happen. You make yeah. you, you 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 get the contact that you need. You got to give it to Austin. Yeah, he's really heating up and taking advantage of mistakes. We saw it on what Thursday's game where a pitcher leaves, whether it's a breaking ball or a fastball, right in the heart of the plate. He's doing damage to that, and we're starting to see him go on really one of those roles and those runs right now, whereas, uh, like you mentioned, Brandon Lau seems to be going in the opposite direction. He's sort of been that way all year, where he's just pressing and chasing and trying to do too much. Uh, lefties, and now we're seeing righties at times, although, I mean, Coonrod's a pretty – he's got electric stuff as well with that. You know, I'll also say this, um, again, not – I would agree with you that, I mean, there's a reason that uh, Bally Sports is interviewing Austin Meadows right now. He's got 27 RBIs this month, which is tied MLB lead. But also, um, I don't think that uh, it, it 
shouldn't be understated the job that Yandy Diaz has done to get on base in multiple ways. And also G-Man Choi coming up clutch to what tie the ball game uh, in one of those situations there. And, uh, you know, and also taking it on the, uh, the forearm there, that, that 99 mile an hour fastball from Alvarado. And, and again, we go back to Diaz and we talk about, uh, and, and we've, it's been a running joke now about the, the home <laughs> runs and the lack thereof, but, when he's batting third and he knows that Austin Meadows is on deck, look, draw a walk, get a single, get on base one way or the other. And Austin Meadows is, you know, uh, hitting like he did in 2019 at the moment. So let him do the work. Let him hit the ball out of the ballpark and, and be up 2-0 or, or whatever it may be. And and you got a Yandy special, right? That that inside-out swing going against his his power, his, his pull. Uh, for Yandi to to get in front of of Meadows and then letting him do the power like uh, or do the carry the offense like you're saying it, it, it's it's really I, I I think forever he will be underestimated because it's not very sexy to get on base like uh, as even as much as Yandi gets on base right. it's not it's not a sexy quality in a baseball player uh, so it, it won't get talked a, a, a lot about and again his range isn't particularly great but if it's hit sort of near him he will make that play in both third base and first base and and smooth and i usually really like players that can make the the routine play because most of baseball will be routine so if you can't make that routine play then then why 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 are you on 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 the squad you know so i i do appreciate yandy a lot and gmon i didn't want to put this out there on the pod last week but the winning streak kind of coincided with Jiman Choi being on the team and Yoshi Sutsugo being out of the team. So obviously it's it's not a it's not causation. There's some correlation, right? Uh, but but it's it's nice to see Choi back in the team. There's just something about that guy, and maybe it's the 800 plus OPS that he brings. But it's also just putting the ball in play, just being quiet at the at the box. I love that you said that last week. You know, he's so quiet at the box. I kind of just don't like the, you know, th- those jittery guys. You can only do that if you're, you know, Gary Sheffield. Be right. jittery when you're Gary Sheffield. That's the only guy in history who, who should be okay with being jittery. Everybody else, be a little bit more quiet like G-Man Choi, and he, he was clutch today. He's the savior, savior of the offense. Since he came back, the, the Rays have been on a hot streak right now. By the way, I think uh, you're giving Brandon Lau a lot of criticism because I just traded for him on my fantasy team. Did you? Good. I don't know if I, I – look, I, 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 I bought low on Brandon Lau for the trade because I, I just – I hope to somebody that he gets things back on track. And I'm trying to remember who – I know I traded Taylor Walls and – Man, I am my brain. You is, gave up Taylor Walls. You gave up T Dubs. Okay, my so goodness. I really needed. I, I was desperate for a second baseman, and quite frankly, an outfielder. So the fact that Lau provides both of those things um, helped me from from my vantage point. Man, I cannot remember who else I gave up uh, in that trade to uh, to Zach Dab. I've been wheeling and dealing trade offers left and right, and and not many people are are hooking at. Uh, what I'm what I'm bringing. I, let, let me look. Th- I, this is terrible podcasting right now, but I do want to look this up as to who I traded. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I already fi- uh, I, 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 I want to find it, too, because okay. I, I don't know who you got. Uh, I, I thought you were into my Whit Merrifield uh, project there, but I guess I was asking for too yeah. much for Bregman, I guess. A little bit too much. Yeah. OK, so I traded Yuli Gurriel 
and Taylor Walls for gotcha. Brandon Lau. And the reason I did that, Guriel is having a really good season, uh, although he is day-to-day right now uh, due to uh, middle finger inflammation. But I have a, a solid everyday first baseman in Matt Olson. So, uh, and I couldn't really put him in the utility spot because I've got Giancarlo Stanton there. So it was one of those things where, um, you know, hopefully we're out at the end of the day with that. Well, hopefully your boy Giancarlo is going to go real quiet on your fantasy team in the next four days or next five days, rather, because uh, the Rays are going to New York. That is Sinatra's town for for a four-game series. So hopefully uh, you won't get any points in your fantasy from that slot. Look, the Rays are kind of, you know, hitting some of these teams at a pretty good time. They hit the Blue Jays at a time where George Stringer uh, wasn't available. They're hitting the the Phillies at a time where Riamuto is just coming back and uh, Bryce Harper is out of the lineup. Uh, by the way, Riamuto, man, the fact that Randy Rosarina was able to get two bags there and yeah. blocking pitches because it looked like Riamuto on that replay was sort of in between, you know, do I... Uh, how do I want to put my glove? Do I want to put it underneath or do I want to flip, flip it and try to backhand it? And um, Huge. Yeah. Huge. That was- That's what anticipation I, – I, you know, I always love that from John Jay. So it's, it's, uh, people just think that, you know, to steal bases, you just have to be fast right. or, or to advance, uh, go from first to third. You have to be fast. You really don't. You have to have baseball IQ, the awareness level, and acts like – anticipation is your best friend if you're taking your secondary league from first and you have to anticipate this next ball is going to be on the dirt the next ball is going to be on the dirt act like every ball is going to be on the dirt and then you're going to be doing the things that randy rosarena just did in the eighth and that actually that might have been the game changer uh it was yeah i mean the the fact that that, yeah that ball too that breaker just took such a bad hop to where like it no man's land and even probably an average runner could have gotten to third on that play because it took a, a couple seconds for Rayamuto to like even where, where the heck did that ball go and he had to be directed the first baseman had to go get it could to track it down yeah. that's so that's how far it, it went so no again speed kills I think that the awareness level was definitely there I do want to say something uh before I know that we just uh crossed the the 30 minute uh, line here but how do you feel about this jer- jerseys? Because I just went to MLB.com and they're not on the Rays baseball shop. And I'm so disgusted because they are so lovely. I want them. I love them. I love them. I think anything to kind of spice it up a little bit. I wish they would go back to those jerseys more often. I'm a big, big fan of them. Uh, that was maybe the only bright spot from the Devil Rays era where some of the uh, retro, unique, colorful jerseys. Outside of that, there wasn't much to be positive about with the <laughs> back in those day and age. So, are are they going to? I don't know. Are they going to wear them tomorrow as well? Has that been reported they, or not? Uh, they've said they're going to do retro days uh, on five Saturdays this year. So this okay. was the first Saturday. Next one will be, I believe, in the end of June, then end of July. So we'll see them a couple more times. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I want that. I want that jersey. I would put, I would put the $250 or whatever it is for, for a jersey nowadays because that one is really cool. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'd go full-blown and get the jersey, but maybe the, the jersey for 40 bucks. That, that's about the extent I'll go There you with. go. <laughs> uh, as I was making, and we'll log off here in just a second, but – um, again, the Phillies without Bryce Harper, and then the Yankees will be without Luke Voigt, Aaron Hicks, and Corey Kluber. So the Rays uh, seemingly getting a little bit of a break with that. Yes. And tomorrow, uh, tomorrow's 1 p.m. game, 
there is a giveaway. There's the old uh, Kevin Kiermeyer snapback Air Kiermeyer Air Jordan lookalike hat giveaway. So that'll be a nice little little thing there. Who knows? That might be the last uh, Kevin Kiermeyer giveaway we see with him in a Rays uniform. I don't know. Just throwing Get- that out. Get ready for another lawsuit, uh, Mr. Stu Sternberg, because Michael uh, Jordan's going to be calling, saying, um, "Yeah, you're you're ripping me off. What yeah. what are you doing here?" That's my on logo. That, on that note, before we get ourselves in trouble, let's call it a day. Again, great that the Rays <laughs> win, Rays win, Rays win. They're fourteenth out of fifteen, and uh, we plan to be back on locker room on Monday at some point. So hopefully, we'll have some some people join us and interact and go from there. Uh, happy Memorial Day weekend. Uh, Ulysses, any final thoughts or anything else you want to add? No, let's get that, that sweep tomorrow, and uh, we'll see you guys back here on Monday. Uh, hope the, the boys keep on winning. Now that's 14. Let's, let's keep it rolling. Come on. Let's get it. Couldn't have said it better. All right. Talk to you guys later. Bye.